0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. It's that time again where the week kicks off. We have a special treat for you today. We've handpicked some of the best advice from Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue from the last three months, just for you. Plus, Kindling Kids Radio has officially launched our screen-free challenge for 2017 – For the next three weeks, we're featuring amazing activities, interviews, and ideas for you and your family that don't involve screen time. Now, it's about moderation, not elimination, because we know that's impossible, but we'd love to see your family's favorite screen-free fun. Post a photo of yourself and your crew on your Instagram with the hashtag ScreenFreeChallenge and keep an eye out for our amazing competitions. I'm Siobhan Hunt pop your feet up for the next 30 minutes if you can, maybe have a cuppa. We're going to give you some top tips and practical parenting advice for new bubs all the way through to older children with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. We get Chris on the show to help you with whatever you're dealing with at this particular time. It might be with one baby or two, or it might be with a toddler. Um, Chris isn't a doctor. Her advice, though, is based on about 30 years of experience helping families in all kinds of situations. And um, so if you have any questions that you think are medical in nature... Please make sure you see your GP, follow the guidelines when it comes to safe sleeping practices. You'll find them on the SIDS website. We have Katie on the phone who has a little bit of a distressed three-year-old. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It sounds like you're having a few problems. Do you want to um, explain we to Katie? Are... What, uh, Katie, explain to Chris what's going on.
1: Yeah, look, um, I have a, a little three-year-old boy um, He's just turned three uh, mm-hmm. and Every morning he wakes up, he just wakes up having a tantrum. He just kicks and screams and flails around. Um, it all has to be me. Um, he goes to daycare three days a week right. and on those mornings where, you know, time is precious, precious. Uh, it's just all It's awful. ramped it's just, up
2: even It's horrific, yeah, more. yeah,
1: trying to get clothes off, clothes on, breakfast yeah. into him. Um, and on the days where we're not in a rush, if I go really, really slowly, he get him on the couch, better. give him cut. He's he's a lot better. Yeah. It just takes – I feel like I'm a um, psychologist. It just takes <laughs> so much work to
3: – To get him to get, move and do things. Yeah,
1: to do anything. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning. It doesn't have to be on a daycare day.
3: It can erupt at any time.
1: At any time. he's. I feel like he's just so highly strong and I just don't know how to do what's best for him to – To make it easier for him. Yeah, to make it easier for him. I just think of all
3: these stress hormones rushing through his body. It's just really upsetting. So I think there's um, two ways of looking at this. But, Katie, does he sleep in the day? Uh, No. And what time does he get up in the morning? Uh,
1: By choice, he would get up between 7.30 and 8.30. On daycare days, we need to get him up about
3: 7.00. Okay. And what time do you put him to bed at night? We try for seven and he would go to sleep at about 8.30. Yeah, so he's he's sleeping in a reasonable window in that he's getting about 11 hours of sleep at night. So, okay, so when I read your email, I sort of broke it into two lots. One is... There's children in the world that um, they just wake up cranky and they need more time. Mm. So they physically need more time. In fact, you know, if he went into his room and he was crying, I'd sort of say, well, I'm just going to leave you here and when you calm down, mummy can come back. Yeah. And But you haven't got all the days to do mm. that, you mm. know. So is there this I'm a slow waker and I'm really cranky until I'm fully awake? So often those kids might sit in the corner of the lounge and, with a blanket, and they sort of have to chill out for a little bit. And yes. I know this is terrible, but they might have to watch television for five minutes just to get oh. themselves into the mode of waking up. So that's one one yep. avenue. The other one is a child who suffers from anxiety. So mm-hmm. you know, does he exhibit true anxiety? And 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 his ability to move through things quickly is just—it's just the world is it's too, too fast hard. for him. Yeah. Too hard, too fast. And he is How that. How do you child. work out if it is anxiety? I think he would exhibit in other ways. So if it was anxiety, does he exhibit this behaviour at daycare? No. Okay. So he can regulate himself at daycare. He can follow yeah. the regulations. He doesn't yeah. completely lose it. Is he happy when you see him at the end of the day?
1: Yes. He is. Um, but most often my husband picks him up and then when they walk in the door at night, he, as soon as he sees me, he completely melts down within okay. steps of walking in the house. It's like it's He's held it together all day.
3: And now he's just... And he sees me, who he wants to see. It's not that he doesn't. Yeah, but... He just (laughs) bursts into tears. Oh, so I'd say this is about the relationship between you and him in a positive way, like Mm. his perception of what's happening. So Mm. did this by any chance start when the new baby came? Uh, Probably worsened when she came along. He's always been...
1: You know, hard work. I hate to say, but yeah, yeah. Probably but that didn't help.
3: No, it didn't. No, it didn't help. So somebody else yeah. was taking more of your time. Yeah, him.
1: yeah. It's definitely we've got a lot more. Um, I can't feed myself. You need to feed me. Yeah, I need you to carry me.
3: We've yeah. certainly got
1: a, a lot more of
3: that now. Lots of those behaviours, I think, are typical traits of three year olds getting attention. But it's the level of distress that he gets himself into yeah. around that behaviour, and that's the bit that he has to regulate. Is the yeah. that part around not what he's asking for? What he's asking for is reasonable for his age. Yep. But it's his behaviour around it. And I think mm. you almost need a good run of days to to help him regulate, like saying things like, you know, going into the room and he starts crying as soon as you get in the room and, mm. and then just taking a gentle approach of, okay, well, you just stay here and when you calm down, I can come back to you. And lots of reassurance in a really neutral tone. So not mm. – and it's really hard because you've got a lot on. And yeah, then the other, out the door. Yeah, the other <laughs> so trick is I- – To get him dressed as soon as he gets up. So then you alleviate that fight. Even if he's kicking and
1: screaming. No,
3: if he's kicking and (laughs) screaming, I think you should, you know, say, okay, we're not doing that and just walk away from him. Like almost that has to be – anything that's physical has to be within the realms of of discipline because you can't Mm. get – you can't let him keep kicking and hitting you Mm. um, as a form of control. So if he hits and kicks – I would say, okay, that's it, and walk away for a few minutes and then cr- try and come back and, and calm him back down again. But I I think that it's probably that he doesn't wake up easily, like he's still half mm. asleep when he wakes up, mm. and yep. and that takes half an hour, but the household hasn't got half an hour. No. And, and I think this would be typical of lots of families trying to get kids out the door. It's just that his reaction oh is extreme. God. So we
1: wake him up earlier? You could try waking him up slowly
3: earlier, like 15 minutes earlier, like just opening the blinds and sitting on the bed for 15 minutes and see if that works. And give loads of positive reinforcement for all the positive things he does, like, oh, you got dressed really well for mummy, let's hold hands and go to the kitchen together. That's sort of much positive reinforcement for tiny, tiny good behaviours. Yeah, And it should start to turn it around. But I'd say he's going to be a cranky he's 16 year old oh no <laughs> but that's alright because they sleep till midday so said, you'll be uh, fine you'll be at work <laughs> yeah okay oh. and
0: Katie um, it is a, a, a lot that you're working through so please yeah. feel yeah. free to call us back next this, week
3: this is probably nice, going to be little you. steps lots of yeah. little steps for you now you've given us some good starters so I, I, I do appreciate that thank you bye. oh that's a pleasure
1: good luck bye. Katie okay thank you bye <laughs> bye you're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan
3: Hunt
0: Natalie has an interesting one. She says, I need advice for my six-year-old who keeps chewing on his shirt, collars or sleeves. He doesn't seem to have anxiety and I think it's now a habit, but trying to get him to stop it is really hard.
3: It is very hard and it's a bit like sucking your thumb. So mainly this does come from a form of anxiety. So maybe he had some anxiety and it's now turned into behaviour. But um, the the answer is actually the same for this answer as it was for the 10 month old, I would use a lot of distraction. It's the same thing we do when we have a thumb sucker and we don't want them to thumb suck in, you know, outdoors or while they're in the garden. You need to spend a few days and every time he goes to suck and chew on something, we very gently take his hand and bring his hand down. But you can only do that while you're around him. And obviously as a six year old, he's probably at school. So the first thing I do is make sure that there isn't any underlying anxiety. So it may not be anxiety in terms of he has anxiety, but he might be finding it difficult playing with other kids at school and it comes out in this nervous sort of chewing. So I'd have a good talk to his um, teacher I would get them to observe him in play because it might be happening in, in the friendship side, not in other areas. And then I would just do gentle distraction. So every time he does it, I'd just go up and bring his hand down. Um, and usually that would work with this. It's the same as the old thumb in the mouth.
0: And I can't remember, but you've told me before, mm. why is it that we don't say, don't take, chew, yeah, don't chew don't or chew. take your thumb out?
3: Because um, first, we've got to make sure that it isn't something underlying. So I'm sure there will be times where you say, don't do that. But if that's constant, it just, it's, it's just like talking and there's nothing going in. So sometimes we have to do the gentle reminders because there's a fair chance, even on his own, he's still doing it. Like in his bed, he's still doing it. So gentle distraction, gentle distraction, and finding out the root cause will probably solve the problem. You could try something else in his hand, you know, keep his hands busy. Um, Because he is six, he could do lots of puzzles and keep his hands busy. I suspect it has something to do with something else going on. We've got an email from
0: Belinda who has a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So she has a four-year-old boy, and she's fostering a 12-month-old boy. They got on beautifully until the baby started crawling, and now the baby continually grabs whatever the four-year-old is playing with, as well as pulling his hair or clothes. The four-year-old is getting understandably more and more frustrated, as he wants to be a loving big brother, but even if he tries to kiss the baby, he gets scratched or his hair pulled. I'm sure the baby is just trying to play or be affectionate too but hasn't learnt how yet. I feel a bit sad that a potentially lovely brotherhood is being jeopardised by the baby being too rough and I'm not sure how to manage it. Separating them is not an option as the problem is constant.
3: Okay, so separation is actually an option and you just probably need to see how that would work. So there's two things you do here. You've got to give your little four-year-old a chance to have some time where he can play comfortably on his own. And so that could be that things like if he's got a big Thomas the Tank Engine train set, it gets set up in his room. You can put a baby gate on it so he's not locked into the room. But it's somewhere safe that he can play safely with his toys, his Lego, those types of things. Um, Weirdly, also a playpen. Put him in the play, the four-year-old in the playpen. If you put the one-year-old in there, he'll scream and yell. So the other thing to do, so that gives our little four-year-old some space. He needs that space, otherwise he's going to lash out at the baby and then he's going to get into trouble for doing that. In the flip side, you need to do positive play together. So things that they can do together, it might be uh, water play outside. It's a bit cold for that, but might do water play outside. It might be um, stacking blocks where um, the older child's helping the younger child to stack his blocks and knock them down and then stack the blocks, those wooden boxes. So we're doing play together, even having the one-year-old sit between your legs while you read. And when he goes to, to... go for the little four-year-old, you just gently bring his hand down. So lots of that distractive behaviour to teach them to be in the space together. I suspect the four-year-old has very fascinating toys that a one-year-old would love. (laughs) so we've got to provide that space and remember this is just a really short space of time and when that little baby that one-year-old is an 18 month old and a two-year-old they'll be able to communicate together and play much better so do give our four-year-old a little space and a little time where he feels that he can play because otherwise he will lash out.
0: And if it's any um, consolation Belinda as my kids Got older even though they still fight. The little one always follows the older one. Yes, so it's, that's it's right. They've got a, they've got a love-hate relationship. Yeah, they love but, to hate each other. It's, yeah, <laughs> true. That's but right. there, there are moments. There are moments when they're really <laughs> sweet and they play together.
1: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt.
0: Jane who's on the phone. Jane how are you?
2: Good thank you. How are you?
0: Good thanks Jane. Now you need some help with your nine month old. Tell Chris all about it.
2: Yes I do. Um, So she was always a really good sleeper in the day and at night and probably a couple of months ago we went on holiday and also she's been a little bit sick just with gastro and germs and things and her sleeping through the day has diminished. She used to have three good naps in the day and now she's sort of transition to two Yep. but they're not long enough and I don't know whether I'm giving her too much awake time and yeah, she's getting overtired, overtired and she wakes up after okay. 40 minutes yep. and then she's then overtired going to bed so then in the night she's waking up and harder to settle.
3: Yeah so what's your time frame that you're using Jane in the day?
2: Um, so in the morning she'll wake between six and seven but lately she's been waking around 5.30 and it's difficult to yeah. get her back to sleep Yeah. Um, and then I've been trying to push her out to three hours and she seems okay but then I don't actually think it actually is
3: working she's waking after 40 minutes so three hours three hours does sound about right for her age so yeah, that, yeah, have so you tried know. putting it going back to putting her to sleep at about two and a half did it make any difference
2: well, this morning I put her to bed at about two and a half or two hours and forty minutes, and she slept for an hour and fifteen.
3: Yeah, so she might be doing that because she's waking up at night. So you might have to go back to the two and a half to three hour range in the day, till yep. her nights fix themselves, and okay. then move her slowly out to three hours. So, a a nine to ten month old baby usually can handle around a three hour window. Um, for each of their awake cycles in the day. So Mm -hmm. I think it's the fact that she's waking up a bit earlier in the morning that's Mm. compromising her and she is overtired like you feel in the day. So today has started in the right sequence. So from when Mm -hmm. she woke up today, I'd probably gauge around the three-hour mark to put her down just so she falls generally into two sleeps. So for her age group, she should have two sleeps and that's why they go for the three-hourly Range in between um, yeah. their so what, sleep cycles.
2: What would you say if she's woken up and it's about two ish in the afternoon? Yeah, and then you can't really get to dinner time. Yeah, guess, that's right. You have time, to. But...
3: It's a really difficult one. So if she wakes up say between six and seven, and we'll take it from six o'clock, yeah. then you put it down at eight thirty today. She probably would have got to about ten. Yeah. Then what you'd want to try and do is try as much as you can. Try and get it to one o'clock, which is a three-hour window. Yep. Um, and that then should get her to pass that two o'clock and into the three three thirty range. Three 30, yeah. Yeah. And then she'll make it to six 30. 6.30, Yeah. Yeah. So six thirty is the earliest you want to put it a bear because otherwise sometimes it impacts the way that they're sleeping overnight. Yes, um,
2: yeah, because last night I had to put her to bed at 6. Yeah. Because she was just so, so tired. So, tired.
3: <laughs> so today's your best window of pushing it into the right window because she yep. slept better for you this morning.
2: Morning, Yeah. So
3: okay. you're heading in the right direction and I think you're right. <laughs> so she should be on two sleeps, um, yep. three milk feeds, three meals and, and generally sleeping for you at night. I
2: still do a dream feed, but the last few nights I've... Stopped it because i've thought that maybe it's sort of interrupting us Yeah,
3: yeah that's right yeah, is so, that the
2: best thing to yeah do? we
3: would have weaned her off her, her dream feed by now so you, i think okay. you, i think it got all the right elements i think it just needs some consistency and yep. then i think you'll find she'll fall back into place again okay beautiful thank you so much pleasure jane good luck <laughs>
2: thank you thanks bye
0: Our next one comes from Natalie. She has a question and she's on the phone um, and it's about co-sleeping. Hi, Natalie. Thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Tell Chris about what's going on.
4: I have two kids. Yes. Um, this is in regards to child number two, yes. um, the, who is is three? a boy, three yeah. years, three months. Yeah. Um, I've always been anti-co-sleeping. Yeah. Um, this is child number two. Uh, pretty good sleeper in his cot until he was about probably two-ish yeah. Um and I just got I was just so exhausted that next thing is you know in, in the, the middle of the night he'd come into bed and then the next night and then it, you know it's cold and it's, yeah. like, oh, it's just too hard to deal with and I don't want my uh she's six now my daughter Two. to wake up or my husband who's got you know high pressure job to wake up so Nearly, nearly a year later, he happily <laughs> sleeps between us and our king-size bed. And he he goes to sleeping. Our, yeah, but he refers to his our bed as his bed. <laughs> yes. So he goes, we push him to bed in our bed um, at 7 o'clock and he has a great sleep.
3: And um, nobody else does.
4: No, we're, so, we're sort of used to it, but we're so over it. We're absolutely over it, we've just done up another room for him. Um, it's the bed is nearly ready for him to move into. And I Perfect. thought, just before we move him into his new room because the cot's gone, yeah, and he hasn't slept in the cot for ages, let's yeah, face it. Absolutely. Um, I just get some <laughs> advice. And the other thing I'd just like to add, he just, he's a kid um, that he will, if occasionally, if he gets really, 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 really upset, he'll really, he
3: really will,
4: cry. He will stop breathing and he'll faint. Oh, your whole breath. He's, holder. A holder. He's a uh, breath holder, and I've okay. been to the pediatrician
3: about it, and she's not too. No, they grow out concerned. of it. but
4: um, I don't want him to hold it. If I have to, you know, leave him in the room, yeah. I don't want him to fall over and hit his head on the corner of the bed. Do you no, know? No,
3: and I also I don't think we have to put him in that situation. If we take a few weeks, we can just move him in there. So okay, what the first thing I do, thing I do <laughs> is take his cot mattress and put it on the floor next to oh, your it's bed. Old. It's gone. It oh, okay. Have you got any other mattress? Oh no. No. When does his no. bed come? It's here. Take the mattress off the bed and put it in your room. Okay. And the first thing we're going to do, and, and this is my whole idea about the three-year-old, you don't spring anything upon them. You've got to tell them. So okay. what you need to do is first we have to have the plan, and then we need to implement the plan. So that okay. he's now used to being in the middle of you two. You know, Ooh. it's his bed. So what we're going to do is put a mattress on the floor next to his bed, and okay. give him comfort on the floor. So we're going to tell him we've got some new rules and I've got this special sheet that I'm going to put on the mattress, which could be, you know, the superhero's sheet or the car sheet or whatever the thing is that he likes. Yeah. And we're going to sleep on this bed. And really what you're going to do is put into place the rules about sleeping in his room, but you're doing it in your room, which he feels secure in. Okay. Okay. So we're going to. When you put him to bed at night, do you read him a story, give him a cuddle, and talk about the day? That sort of. Yes, thing? we do that. I do that with both children in the, our bed. Yeah, I shoot her off. She goes off, and he and he stays gets there comfy like and goes mm. to sleep. So That's what right. we're going to do now is that she goes into her room, and now he goes onto the floor. Okay. okay. In his cozy bed, he's got his little blanket or his doona and his puppy dog or whatever the things are that he needs, and it's on his bed. And by having it on his bed, he's still got that reassurance. When he gets up naturally in the middle of the night to find you, now this is the biggest Mm. problem, he's used to the physical contact between you. Absolutely. Yeah. So when he gets up to find you, what you have to do is not get into his bed, not get into the bed, but take him back to the bed, give him a pat, a cuddle, maybe even put your hand on his shoulder, and you've got to sit there for a few minutes and then walk away. Okay. So... I would give yourself three or four days of making changes, okay? Okay. Not one day and then the next day he's in his bedroom. Just slow it down, give him the reassurance. But funny enough, it's the same reassurance we're going to give him when he's in his big bed. So once you get comfortable with that process and he's sleeping a little bit better because he's in your room and he's got that security then we're going to say to him okay it's now time to go into your room mummy's going to leave your door open and my door open and if you come into mummy's room i will bring you back and put you back into bed i'll sit there put my hand on you for a few minutes and then i'll go back to my bed you actually have to say you're going to go back to your bed because it's a bit unfair to sit there and let him fall asleep in his bed and then you you disappear And then when he wakes up, he doesn't know where you are because you've been there now for a year. So I think you have to say to him, mummy's going to go back to her bed. And then if he gets up the next time, daddy walks him back into the bed, sits on the end of the bed, puts your hand on him. And then you walk back to your bed. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I suspect it will work. You just got to give it time and patience. Does he have a sleep in the day? He goes to childcare a couple of days a week. Uh, He does have a 40-minute sleep, yes. Yeah. But if he's at home, he doesn't. Okay. So let's, let's, over that time when he goes into his big bed, you know, in his room, let's take away all the sleep in the day, altogether because he's getting some refreshing sleep on some days and not on other Mm. days so i think if we can level it out for him he's going to be tired enough at the end of the day to accept the behavior you put into place so go slowly go gently and mimic the behavior in the security of your room and then it should transfer through to his room
0: and good luck natalie yeah good luck thank you Now, just to move on, we do have another question, which I thought would make sense yep. from Alicia. Alicia, sorry, She has a four-month-old who, up until last week, was sleeping really well through the night, roughly 6.30 p.m. till 2.30 a.m. Yep. with a feed, then down again till 6. Good. Now she's waking up every hour from midnight till I feed her at 3, then goes down again till 5 and wakes up every hour till 7. Yep. She has a dummy, and I'm pretty confident the reason she isn't going back to sleep is because she doesn't know how to resettle. Yeah. I have Christine's book, and she follows roughly the sleep-eating patterns, but because she's overtired, her naps during the day are becoming shorter. Do I get rid of the dummy so that she can learn to self-settle? She was in a swaddle, and I was transitioning her into a sleeping sack, but tonight have gone back to wrapping with arms down.
3: Okay, so I think you've made the right um, decision, Alicia, by going back to wrapping her down, giving her something that feels more secure, especially if we have to negotiate a dummy. What I would do essentially is four-month-old babies, everybody talks about the regression, but as I said before, it's more like they're aware when they wake up, they're really aware of their environment. So if she had been sleeping nicely till two and nothing's changed with your feeding in the day, then I would assume that the bit between 12 and two is more about the dummy than it is about a feed. So instead of taking the dummy straight away from her, let's make it work for you. And so when she wakes up at 12, give her a minute or two when she, that point where you would normally go in and give her a dummy, I would go in and I would do five minutes of trying to settle her. Just very gentle settling. And then at the five-minute mark, if you haven't had a response, then put the dummy in just to see if she needs to have a go herself before she gets the dummy. If you've done that for two or three days and she hasn't gone back into what you would assume is a normal settling or normal sleeping pattern, then I would consider taking the dummy away, which is actually the same thing. So waiting for her to wake, giving yourself that window where you're happy to feed her in, say 1.30 to 3 o'clock is your window, and in between or outside of those time frames, you're going to have to let her cry for a minute or two just to make sure she is actually fully waking up and not just grizzling in her sleep and going back to sleep. Put her and then go in and pat her um, to give her some comfort. If it gets if the crying just increases, give her a little cuddle, put her back down again, and get her back to self-settling. It's going to take you three to five days. The first day is not easy. The second day is better. The third day should be even better again. So you've got to give yourself that time frame. Babies don't learn anything in one go. Yeah, good luck with that, Alicia, and hang in there because it, it will get
0: better. <laughs> Kindling Radio for Kids. We have Alice from Marrickville, a question here. She has an 11-week-old baby trying to self-settle. She says, I have an 11-week-old, I've breastfed to sleep and am now trying to train to self-settle. In your book, you suggest comforting until calm, then putting her back to bed. What if the crying just escalates until she's offered breast? Also, any tips on a reluctant bottle feeder? Thanks so much. I love your book.
3: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So... If she's very reluctant to go to sleep and and cries and cries and cries incessantly until you put her on the breast, there's two questions to ask. One, is she getting enough from her breastfeeding? That's one part of it. And the second part of it, how long does she feed for when you put her back on the breast? in terms of her going to sleep. So does she feed actively for five minutes and then fall asleep or does she suck for two seconds and then fall asleep? So that's just almost like dummy sucking and comforting. So those two questions would be relevant to this little baby and that might be why you're finding that your comforting to get her to self-settle isn't working is because she's telling you something else. So what i do for two or three days is moving back into the sequence of feed, play, sleep and then feed, play, sleep again, instead of the sequence in the book that you're at for 12 weeks. And so that you can reassure yourself that she has been fed in order to put her to sleep. So even if you get her to sleepy in your arms and then put her down, once you put her down, put your hands on her and keep patting. And then you can draw back slowly and put her down more alert okay so you've got to assure yourself that she's fed well and if she cries for literally 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you put her back on the breast and she feeds actively for five minutes that tells us probably that there's something going on with your feeding and we'd have to look at at what was going on with the feeding so that little baby might be telling you something if you've tried it and you're not getting anywhere.
0: Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. That's Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. She'll be back next week for midday answering your questions. As I mentioned earlier, she's also an author. Her book is called Bringing Baby Home. As always, if you have any doubts or further questions, we recommend that you refer to safety guidelines and SIDS recommendations or speak to your general practitioner. Chris, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Always a pleasure. And please, if you, you still want Chris to answer your questions, you can email us at conversation at kindling.com.au or text our hotline on 0437 You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode.